0: Gorgeous. So I'm like okay. so like oh my gosh.
1: I what put I just, on makeup for you today? I did the whole oh fate the whole TV beat.
0: I I don't normally look like this, but I remember how to do it. So I did all my makeup for you, girl. <laughs> I love that the TV beat. I love that. Well, I am here with Sunny Abada. I am having technical difficulties, so I apologize. This has just been, I thought it was just in 2023, but I guess it's moving into 2024. So we're going to have to go with it. Like that's totally <laughs> fine. We're like rolling with it. I'm just so excited for you to be here. And I am I, really excited because I get to be on your podcast as well, which is really exciting. We get to talk about that. But Sunny, Sunny, What I am just dying to ask you a million questions about, which we'll get to a little bit later, because it's more than just who you are, is motherhood. I currently Mm -hmm. have an almost 19-month-old baby who may wake up and want a boob, and then that's going to be like a catastrophe. (laughs) Let's hope not. Um, But it's it's so, I think I've been having such a struggle of trying to find my identity again. Mm -hmm. And- getting back into the workplace and getting back as an actress, putting myself on tape again, trying to like really figure out who I am now, because I feel like a completely different person. And so I've been really excited and really lucky to meet individuals like you who have been doing it all Um, and know that it is a struggle and it's not just all picture perfect. So Sunny, first and foremost, how did you become Sunny Abada?
1: oh god wow that's a big question um first of all i have to comment on your amazing voice you total i mean like i mean i'm like of course you have like the best clearest voice you're an actress um (laughs) yeah girl the motherhood thing is very real and um i now have an almost 11 year old a nine year old and a six year old but i was in the media world working full-time until my middle one was about three so a good i don't know five years um working full-time and trying to balance it all and and i feel you and i was just thinking about this driving home today i was i was having breakfast with my parents. We were a little coffee shop and my mom was like, remember when you would call me every night on your way back from work and you would just cry. And I was like, mm-hmm. I do remember because it was this constant sense of never feeling like I was in the right place at the right time blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and she's, it, and, and, and feeling my personal evolution and what I've allowed myself to do and sure, the boundaries sure. that I've learned to set, it's changed so much. And, and sure. anyway, we can get into all that, but yeah. Um, I, I feel you like you were explaining that whole thing about like finding yourself again. And it's a process that cannot be rushed in motherhood. You grow alongside your baby. And as much as I wish I could like download a decade of lessons and just give them to
0: new. Mom I feel friends. like you can't because every experience is different too. So it's like, that's, that's the other thing is I, you know, you can take as much advice as you possibly can. I feel like in the long run, right? Like from this person and that person, and you can take it from your family and, and friends and strangers, but at the same time, it's your individual experience Mm -hmm. that you're going through. Yeah.
1: You have to set your boundaries, then you have to break them and then you have to set your rules and you end up breaking them. And you just, it's a constant constant
0: evolution of what you want to be and what your kids since you have three babies did it ever get easier like I'm on one and I'm just like she's not the she's not the the um reason that I'm stressed and I have the anxiety and all that it's it's more the world around me of navigating this new self so when you had a second and then a third did it feel a little more comfortable
1: it gets easier every time the heart. I think one is almost the hardest in a way because you still have the existence of pre-baby self. So near, like you're, you're, right. you're like, you just crossed the border, right? You're like right. looking, you're like on the four corners. You're like looking into yes. Arizona. You're like, oh, I remember, you know, like you, you're close to it. It gets easier with every child, not because kids themselves become easier. They will always need, need you when they're young. They need to be on the boob. When they're older, they are like hanging on your leg. And when they're teenagers, they're college, you know, whatever it is, they're always will need you. But, you will learn to, I, I guess I should say, I learned to relax. I learned to release. I learned my third child. I mean, forget it. Like I had no standards. I said that raising kids doesn't get easier. My standards just get lower. And that's the secret sauce. And it's not like, you know, you you do the basics, feed them, keep them safe, keep them happy. But you begin to realize that perfection is not required for this job. It's not even possible. And that you need to give yourself a lot of grace and forgiveness because you're growing alongside your baby. You're learning how to manage your time, how to get ready. Like, I mean, like I remember showering and not even like putting the whatever what's that thing called i can't even remember that with the little boppy little bassinet yes the bassinet or the little boppy chair and i would be like, like peeking out every 10 seconds and my right. boobs would be like hurting because i mean and not even being able to separate for 10 seconds and then no. as time goes on and you wean and you like it's such a sl- it's it's like the butterfly emerging from the cocoon you just have to you got to go through the process and you begin to realize okay there's no way to do this right. I don't believe in parenting books either. I believe in like stealing some concepts. Sure, but sure, what sure. a waste of, what a waste of time. Hot take, don't buy a parenting book because then you're going to think you're wrong.
0: Listen, that is a that is a company like that is like a like a, an occup not an occupation, but that's like a that's that that's a money maker. Let me tell you. these Wait, are money makers for those
1: books. Do you know how much money I wasted too on sleep plans until I realized I'm not a sleep training kind of bitch. Like I got to let my kids be with me.
0: (laughs) No, I literally like my cousin had, had gifted me like for my baby shower, this sleep training session. And I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. Like I'll get to it eventually. But I was like very Mm -hmm. slow on things. I'm like, I'll get there. Like I was more to my woo woo stuff. So if it wasn't like woo, woo, I didn't really care. You know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. like I did hypnobirthing and that's what I was like all about. Yeah. um oh, how fun and that were the th- those were the things that were important to me and i feel like i was hearing all this noise in the background from you know moms that had had babies before and from moms who were pregnant at the same time as me of like you have to do this this is the schedule like blah 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 like i'm not really a schedule person myself in the grand scheme of things and i mean now my baby never slept in a crib like Our crib is next to me right now and it is filled with just toys because that's what happened (laughs) because she's co-sleeps with us. And it's like, you know, everyone's like, she does, how dare you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you have a life? And I'm like, I have a life because she sleeps. Like that's where she sleeps best. And so for right now, that's what we are choosing to do. That's what my husband Mm -hmm. and I choose to do. Like let her live, like, you know, let her live, let you live so you can exist without being exhausted. Yes, exactly. And so I feel like, you know, I love that you say that you just go with it. And like by the third, you're just like, whatever.
1: Yeah. And I mean... It's hard. And I say that and people think like, oh, you know, are you like not a good one? No, I can't. I'm very attentive. I am. It's the other thing too. It's like you're, you're gear shifting between different parenting modes for different kids too, as, as you ha- introduce new personalities. And so I know that's not the old school way of doing it. It used to be mom is mom, no matter who. And there are, of course I'm foundationally strong for them, but the way I approach my older child is vastly different from how I parent my middle wow. child and my, and my third child. And so when I'm using all of my time and energy to do things that I can. Consider to be important, which is you know gear shift to be the mom that that individual needs. I, I it's okay for me personally to not sure. do the sleep train. It was just too much for me, and I don't want to say that you know everything in parenting becomes inadvertently controversial. Like I'm, if you're a sleep training parent, I think that's wonderful. It, it just wasn't a priority it never for worse me. For you, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. and for you I don't care what? if you're a scheduled person like that's so awesome I'm so happy for you but it did not work for me and like I don't like pushing things on people I, I did this this little like thing with some local moms where it was um like a not a, it wasn't like a meditation but it was like a mindfulness circle and we did it recently like this past week actually. And it was so interesting. And it was about teaching like how if someone's asking or saying that they're going through a tough time, basically, right? Like mom's going through a tough time. You shouldn't go in there and do the shoulds. Like you should do this. You should do that. Like you shouldn't shouldn't on somebody, you know? And you you shouldn't allow, you shouldn't give advice when it's not needed, right? Or it's not mm-hmm. asked for, like just hold space. And like, sometimes that's okay. And I feel like in the mom community, more than any other community, and I'm in the mental health world. So like, and I'm an actress, like I've seen it all. <laughs> like, right. no, I feel sorry. like moms are, you have to do it this way. If you don't do it this way, your kid's not going to go to Harvard and it's not going to be successful. Like that's like the the jump and the leap. And you're just like, are you that's kidding insane. me? Like, oh. so I'm so happy to hear from a mom of three beautiful children. and <laughs> You are yes. like, oh.
1: it's a roll with it mentality. You just roll with it. I mean, I, I, why fight anything in life? I mean, it's just a very like Zen toward type of attitude that I, you have to keep to preserve sanity. And like, speaking of mental health, like I was not a person familiar with anxiety before kids. Like I just oh. didn't really live my, like you said, like, I've always been just kind of, I'm very disciplined in my professional life. I'm very disciplined in my relationships, but I just float otherwise. And so I was like sure. living life and then I had my second kid and I was like whacked with like postpartum anxiety, like, wow. Whoa. And so I think having to dedicate time to more mindfulness to take care of myself also meant time and energy away from this strict schedule. And you must, it just really didn't work. And that's, it's just a constant interplay of your needs, your, your child's needs, your other children's and your partner's needs. And it's a dance that just keeps going and it's never perfect. And you just have to roll with it. And that's, what's worked for me. And I just want to like, the only difference is the my standards are are lower with every child, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you what they get better every. Like the third kid, sure. I mean, she could, she could just be on her own at this point. I mean, she's great, right. baby. She's, she's, she's good like going
0: hard. She's like having a good yeah.
1: time. <laughs> she is. They're good. You know, you 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 yeah. begin to realize, oh gosh, all this worry that I had, and all of these diligent things that I things that I try to be diligent about, which I do think it's important for every sure, child sure. to experience that, but all of that. You kinda don't need by the time we get the, the third room. one. I'm like, Yeah. And she she never um was on a schedule because she had two older siblings who needed to be at various activities and things. And as a result, she's so chill and cool. And it's because I didn't hover over her like, oh, what do I need? What are we gonna right? go? need? With my first one, I was like that and it's just it's different. different. It's an evolution.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally different. So when you were working, you know, you uh, you are, you have been a TV host. You have done all sorts of things
1: mm-hmm. behind
0: and in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. When was it for you the shift of, okay, you know what? I'm deciding now I want to have a baby. Like I'm ready for this career change because a lot of friends in my life are are currently like newly pregnant and they are like, oh my God, I don't know if we were ready for this change. Like my career is going to be different. Like everything. How did you create that mindset of like, it's going to be okay? Well, yeah.
1: Oh gosh. I think
0: um, the
1: biological clock had something to do with that. I mean, facts are facts. At the end of the day, I knew that that, was my fact. Yeah, Yeah. right. Like, you know, if I'm going to be a mom and if I want to have a relatively easy time getting pregnant, I'm going to have to start sooner. And I was a
0: geriatric pregnancy because I turned 35 when I gave birth. So I was a geriatric So was
1: I with my third. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Um, but yeah, I, I did have, I mean, I I'm someone, I worked in media for years. I, for 15 years, I was a TV reporter and anchor. I covered like some really intense things. Casey Anthony trial, George Zimmerman trial, presidential elections. I flew in fighter. Like I've done the whole gamut of really cool reporting from sports to news. And I, by virtue of my the the sort of schedule of my job. I've always been really disciplined when it came to you know where I was. I have been working since I was nineteen in college. I got a job mm-hmm. freelance reporting, and I stuck with it. And so I was never the type of person that was. I mean, I had a great time in college and in my twenties. I was social enough, but mm-hmm. I was in bed because I had to be up at three o'clock to anchor the you know the news, and sure. I was you know the one that was like, okay, guys, I like can't like go to happy hour tonight. So I was used to being very disciplined. You were a young yeah, professional. About- yeah. And and yeah. I was very, you know, coming straight out of college, working at a relatively large market and like a top 15 or I think it was a top 15 or 20 market immediately as a 21 year old. I needed a little pressure on me to remain disciplined and to like get where I, where I wanted to be. But I think mm. when I started to realize that I wanted to shift more toward, and by the time I quit, I was a main anchor at the uh, the local Fox affiliate here in Orlando. I had covered every single type of story in local news that I wanted to cover, right, and I, I did envision myself going bigger markets. But you know, uh, this is the this is life, right? You can. I was on a very gangbusters professional path for a yeah. while and had opportunities to keep going, but. It was raised in a family that was, I mean, we're Italian American. It's all about family. It's all about right. traditions. It's all about what you pour into your people. And I right. I knew that as much as I I loved and still love my job in the type of things I do now, it was important for me to start that family chapter because that's the stuff that I'll never be able to replicate. I won't yeah. be able to do that. right? And so right. I think I realized I was married at about... Um, God, I can't even remember now, 29. I mean, not not young to get sure, married yeah. these days, but not old. And um, immediately I was like, I know that I wanted to have the type of family that I was raised in where I could provide the type of love that I had. And, right. you know, the big group of cousins that was there for every holiday meal. And I mean, like, you know, everybody puts on this picture of perfection of motherhood, but you have to, you have to work to attain it, right? It's, it's a yeah, job. It's like the world's hardest unpaid job. And so <laughs> I thought, you know- it is. It's crazy. It and is. so yeah, I made that decision and it hasn't been I mean, I certainly don't regret it. It hasn't been without its difficult moments because like you, I think I found a lot of fulfillment and I still do in the in the work that I do. But ultimately for me, I need to create the life that I want. And I envision myself at 70, 80 surrounded by family and the babies aren't going to have themselves and I love my I love family. And so yeah. if it means adjusting, I had to really long period of self-reflection where I was in the middle of contracts at my station and I actually quit. And then I was talked into coming back. And for that one period of the year, that, that one year, which I, I like added an out clause because I was feeling so torn. This was after my second child. I was like, go, that was when I was talking about with my mom this morning. I would go into work every night. I would, I worked from 3 PM to midnight and you, instead of getting a, a lunch break, you get a dinner break. So I would go in, I would do, tape multiple interviews. We had kind of an interview based newscast, which we were responsible for a lot of the like content. So I was like really head in, you know, head in the work, 630 came around, we would tape promotions. I would run home. I would wipe my makeup off. I would nurse two babies. I would put them to bed. I would say hi to my husband. I would go back, put my makeup back on drive back to work at 9 PM, do the 10 o'clock, the 11 o'clock, and then come home at midnight. And during that drive back every night on those last few years of working, I felt like I'm taking someone else's job. I'm not meant to be here. I'm not. And I wish I would have listened to that earlier. I don't, I still got out when my kids were fairly young, but I never thought I would feel that. I thought I would want work more than anything forever. And finally it was like, it was like, someone was like pulling my guts out and not cause like, oh, I go, right. I love my, I mean, I love my kids. They're great. They're whatever. <laughs> right. right. They're great. No, But it was, no. yes. you know, it was a de- yeah. It was like a deep feeling. Yeah. Uh, that's all it was. And everyone's like, how did you know? You just know, you know, like, you know, when you're hungry, you know, like, you know, when you're exhausted and need to go to bed. I knew where I had to be at that moment in my life. And it wasn't at a TV station anymore. It was, At home, it was tending to the people that I now was responsible for. Sure. My husband, you know, I was like, I married this guy. I want to see him. So anyway, that's the short version. But yeah, I mean, I just wish I could encourage women to listen to that intuition. I know that I was fortunate enough to be able to have a partner who had a full-time job. I could do that. So I acknowledge that privilege. If you have the opportunity and you're feeling that pull, don't be scared that you're going to miss out. Work will always be there. Some form of work, some form of fulfillment professionally will always.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's so beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing that because that's been such a, a hard struggle for me. A lot of friends, like I said before, who are currently pregnant, and it's like, oh my God, do we stop our, our jobs? Like, when do we come back? I was under the mindset of, you know, I've been doing kids' acting since I was nine years old. I was a host of a kids club uh, in San Francisco from nine to 11. And then I moved to LA and started, you know, pilot season. It started auditioning and, and working from there. So I've always been someone that, that works like that is your, that is your job in life is to work as an actress. And I can't imagine doing anything else because it's truly my passion. So I'm very lucky that I followed what I loved, but it's this weird thing of, well who am i because i still feel like i can still play the college girl that's really funny and the the slutty wild one or the like rough girl from like the wrong side of the tracks but i guess i am something different now because i do have a baby and maybe that has added to me for a benefit maybe it's taken away you know for for some rules but i feel like it's it's figuring out that identity of who you are and yeah. you know long story short i had a really um tough uh delivery and i had hemorrhaging and i had a lot of issues Mm -hmm. and i was in and out of the hospital for the first six weeks and 10 days postpartum i put myself on tape for an audition and i didn't even realize that i put myself on tape because i recently went back and i had looked at it and i talked about it on the podcast like how crazy it was like I was so determined to be the person that I was before that I was like, I don't care that I literally that night checked myself into the hospital, nursing outside of the valet of Cedar sinai um, you know, and going in and out because they wouldn't even let my baby inside the, the emergency room. So like, but, but I put myself on tape because I was like, Oh, I can do this. Like I can move to Australia tomorrow. Like, and shoot this, you know, and it's, it's finding this balance of, Well, who am I, you know, and I still want to be, you know, an actress and I still want to do that because that is who I am. That is a part of my identity. But there's almost this blessing that I'm kind of happy I didn't work in that first year and I didn't get any jobs and maybe because i look back at these tapes and i'm like what is this like what is this work that you're doing who do what is this? like you know
1: don't say that though alessandra listen you had just had but in a, baby. a good way in a good way yes, you yes. had just had a okay. baby and
0: i'm like you know the delu- but we create these delusions of the 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 the, the pressure of society of like You have to get back to work. Like you have to do this. Like you only have six weeks, you know, that's six weeks cut off. You can go and have sex, like go for it. You know, it's all these, these cutoffs. And so it's so refreshing to hear from you hearing that even after the second baby, you are still trying to to create this, this perfect situation. And at some point you have to go, okay, I need to take a step back and, and take care of myself and really think what do I want right now?
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they're all false deadlines. Everything that you've been told about success is wrong. And you're in an industry like I was where I had to work with an agent. My identity was dependent on, Oh, well, what, what job do you think I could do? Could I go to New York? Could I... No, fuck that. Like I know now, like I, I don't rely on anyone anymore to tell me what I'm worth. And in the freelance world, in the world beyond and not being attached to people whose job it is to say, okay, Sunny's a great fit for this anchor role, but not that. And we need her to cut her. It was the most freeing thing to go chop, chop, Here's who I am. Motherhood gave me this ability because I know what I can do now. I know yeah. how tough I am. I know how capable I am. I know what a badass I am about multitasking. I work. No one will outwork me. And right. and that came from young Sonny would never have felt that way. I would have been like, what well, can you give me? I'll take anything. I'll take anything. Yeah. Do you think it should? No. Like yeah. none of that anymore. I don't have time to te- for other people to tell me what I'm worth. I right. know what my time is worth because I've lived it because I've given my time to things that didn't deserve it. And I feel right. it viscerally now. So I want that for you. Like, I just want to mother you right now and be like, <laughs> you know, forget that, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm telling you, like, you know, yeah. and I hope that motherhood gives you that strength in a way because it shows you what you can go through the darkness, the difficulty, The thing with motherhood is that you do work that no one can do for you. No matter how skilled a night nurse, no matter how skilled a nanny, no one will replace you. And that forces you to become a problem solver, a marathon athlete, because you have to keep going. It forces you into so much. Motherhood is just like, oh, it just, it's like the most beautiful, craziest, hardest, best, weirdest, most awful. Like it's everything. And it's like a superpower, you know? It's Yes. It gives you that. It gives you a superpower. And like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I know now what's worth my time only because like I said, I've given it to things that weren't, and I've seen yeah. what I can do. And I've seen the challenges that I've, I've gone through some really difficult stuff personally since having children. And my strength never came from, I, n- I now know the job that I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm smart. I can talk on the fly. I can do great interviews and I can produce great content. I can host the shit, I, whatever. But my worth now, I know that I've had real challenges, mental health challenges, yeah. relationship problems. My real strength comes from me and the roles I play in my in my personal life as a mom right. and as, as a partner. And so like when you start to realize like that's the source, everything else is right. just- and about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, you talked about how, you know, when you had your second baby, then you experienced the postpartum anxiety. That's something, so I live with bipolar one disorder. I'm very open about it. So I, uh, I was very familiar. I feel like I'm very lucky in a way that I've lived with so much ups and downs that I knew what to recognize during pregnancy. I was very prepared for postpartum depression, but I wasn't prepared for postpartum anxiety, which is what I ended up getting. Um, and I've been doing a lot of work and I've been doing neurofeedback therapy, like really cool, interesting woo woo new things. I would like to say, um, that have been helping me, but mm-hmm. it's definitely. I'm an only child, so for me, I can't. I I don't know what it would even be like to have another kid. But I have a lot of friends around me who are going through having. You know, okay, I had really bad postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. How can I know that it's not going to happen again when I give birth again? You know, and you don't know, and that's don't that's know. very mm-hmm. true, because here you are. You had the first one, you were fine. The second you had when you were having your third baby, how did you make that leap to be like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Or I've done the work to know that if I were to have this anxiety again, that I know the tools that I would work with. Like, was there a fear there? Was there anxiety? I mean, like we said. No,
1: I mean, there always is anxiety now. And I think I've come to accept that. I mean, I'm I'm like technically like OCD, like on the OCD. So I've always had like, uh, it's Something. really easy for me to fixate. Yeah. I mean, like I only am realizing now how my mind is like really different from other, like, and not like special, oh, I'm so special. like different, like difficult, awkward, and weird. I think I literally, my brain. And, and, and so I look back on my childhood now and I realize I, I was probably always a little bit, um, I, I was very intense. I was probably always a little bit different. And I think what the anxiety the experience of anxiety did for me was, I mean, I've always done therapy. So I, I had, it taught me to lean back into talk therapy and it just taught, I, I think my biggest lesson, again, given how I'm personally wired is letting go mm. is let go and let God, I mean, it's so corny. It, it's just, um, and I worked in an industry too, in news, you are constantly exposed to people to worst case scenarios. So when people would be like, oh. Sunny, you're just going to the grocery store. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to get hit by a car and die. I'm like, well, actually that's not true because I just in work was in work today. And I did a story about, you know, a four-year-old who was trying to cry." and they'd be like, stop. And so yeah. I think it made me, okay, Sunny, lean back into your therapy, sure. um, do a dre- verbalize these things and let yes. them out. I've also done I've done hypnotherapy to address. Oh, I love hypnotherapy. Yeah, I've done the EMDR, like with the light one. Mm -hmm. Um, I yeah, it's really easy for me to like fixate, and so I work with my therapist on all of these things now. And you know, if we need to throw in a new modality, we do it. And you know, I did like the the um, it's like the eye movement one, and and you they can part of feedback
0: therapy. That's a type. Okay. therapy. Yes.
1: Okay. There you go. And it yes. was extremely effective. I, I think intrusive thoughts were a big part as they are of any new mother's issues. Yeah. And that was really helpful for that issue in particular, like mm. erasing some like horrible scenes that I was just playing out in my mind.
0: And oh, it worked. Cause that's where mine came from. And, and a friend, a friend of the of mine who was on my podcast had reached mm-hmm. out to me. because I had posted a video and she was like, I know exactly what you're going through. This is something that I went through you're going to go to this person for neurofeedback, neurofeedback therapy. And because I was, I, I thought that I was finally feeling like myself again. And I almost got hit by a car when I was walking my baby. And, and oh in so the intrusive thoughts of the, Oh, there's blood on the ground. There's brains everywhere. Yes. There's this, there's that. it's, it's that darkness, right? That's like, yes. And I, and it, it's weird because I, 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 I can, I am aware of these are, fake not real like intrusive thoughts like this is but it seems so real and the visual is so mm-hmm. real and the smells are so real and the feelings are so real and I never got to I, I didn't know how to process that and I thought that I was processing it with therapy and stuff like that but sometimes you need as my friend Kermit said, just like a kickstart and you need someone to just rev that engine a little faster and like take it around the block. And then you can go back to your regular scheduled programming. But for right now, like you need to really kickstart a really intensive, different type of of modality. Like you say, like throw those modalities on me, like, let's do it. And I think that that's, what's so fun. And like, You have a podcast, so you know, like, you have these really cool, interesting guests that come on, and you don't know much about their work. And then you learn about their work and you're like, oh, I'm going to take a little bit of that with me in my day mm-hmm. and realize, oh, wow, now I'm talking about that to someone else mm-hmm. and, and using that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really cool in the, in the job that you're in that you get to do that. But you, I mean, being in the, the workforce of in the news and covering stories that are so intense. I mean, I think about that Casey Anthony story all the time because you just think about, How could a baby be drowning in these accidents? And, you know, it's like, you can't, I constantly thought about it because I was watching a a show, like that Special Forces show, and
1: Bodie Miller was on it and
0: he was talking about his kid. And you're just like, oh Oh. my gosh, like his kid drowned. Like all these kids are drowning. Like, is it real? Like, is it, 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 obviously it's real with Bodie Miller, but like with the Casey Anthony trial, like, you're like, oh my God, did she do it? Was she going through postpartum anxiety? Was she going through, Mm -hmm. like, because we all know that. As a mom who's going through postpartum, or even when you're pregnant, a lot of women who are, who are undiagnosed bipolar, you know, they have, you know, psychosis episodes where they truly believe that they see things that they're in. That was my biggest fear of when I was, when I was living with, I am living with bipolar disorder, but when I was pregnant, I was off my medication. And one of the biggest fears they said that women have when they first give birth, it's postpartum psychosis where they truly believe their baby is an alien and that they have to destroy it. And like, oh that's like a thing. And so I was learning about this, but I was very blessed because I had, you know, my mom and my husband and, and right. doctors and people around me to really monitor and make sure I was okay. But that was in my head all the time. Like this is a possibility. A very high possibility. Right. It's like someone flips a switch. And you're
1: like, Oh, that can happen. Oh, damn. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Oh. And like, I think, I think, as much as I loved, loved my job, I, it was a wonderful experience for me, for the type of brain that I have really what it was doing for me every day was just teaching me a new way that someone could hurt something or someone that I loved. And it was just yes. like, and I don't think I did not internalize any of this while I was working. I went in, no. I, like I was a good little worker. And then I left and I'm like, whoo. And I mean, you know, you're talking about the case Anthony trial. We covered that. We were wall-to-wall coverage, court TV style, eight hours a day. Inter- wow. We had, you know, we we had the forensic pathologist expert on one hand in the studio and the, the legal expert on the other hand and when there's commercial breaks. I mean, we're coming up with questions that are just like, I mean, you're ping pong and you're listening. Yes. to testimony, You're hearing these gruesome details and you have no choice but to immerse yourself
0: in sure. the story.
1: And I think sure. I, I got out of that. And this is probably why I, you know, really was a more aware of my anxiety after I stopped working. Cause I think I, I hit pause on that continuous flow of information. And it, it was like a wave that just took me over and I'm like, oh right. so this is what it feels like when I was covering that story and that mom lost her baby to SIDS or well, I don't know that that's a new story, but you know what I mean? Like no, but yes you, you're yep. like, Oh my God, you're there's so much at stake.
0: To experience it Yes. You right. don't know it yourself and I feel like it's so you know that's why you know when people when I was newly having a baby they're like aren't you watching the news did not you see this I'm like no because I don't I know it's not that I'm trying to be ignorant and like not see right. things like I just can't there I, I can't handle another thing on my plate right yep. now in my brain because yep. it's going to take one thing for me to just go over the edge and like I can't I can't hear that. You know, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it about animals. Like I just, just out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) Well, and
1: I think maybe that's one of your most valuable, like sort of lessons too, as a mom is like knowing, like I said, like knowing your boundaries, I know now that it's not great for me to expose myself to a ton of stuff that triggers my anxiety or my personal fears about things. And so you just do your best and you know, like you said, interviewing people who have experience with some of this stuff for the type of person I am, the more information I have about something, the less I worry. So sure. I do have to shut that off, that valve off a little bit, but yeah. I think doing what I do really serves my anxiety, like in a way to kind of help ameliorate it because I can learn, I can interview an expert on, I don't know, whatever, mental health next week. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I understand it more. And then I can kind of pack it away for a while, right. you know? right. Right. So it's right. cool to have access to those types of brains too. Cause
0: you, you use it to your
1: advantage. Yes. That
0: information. Mm-hmm. 100%. What was the turning point for you after you had your three kids? Why did you decide to start a podcast? What was the kind of driving force behind that? I mean, I just, it's
1: really, really my love in life to like talk to people. And I, I really, I mean, I did it for 15 years. I, a lot of my work was ad-libbed and you know, questions produced by us. I'm, I'm genuinely interested in Mm. understanding people, understanding things. I think now, like I said, I think now it's part of, I understand that it's how my brain is wired and I process Mm. a lot because I, it helps me. And so I've always loved the work of journalism. It was just the schedule that was really difficult. So I thought when I left um, it, you know, I did a little bit, I dabbled in, and I still have a website and an active blog, but it was important for me to stay connected to the world outside through the way that I knew how, which was asking a lot of questions. And so yeah, I launched it. It's, it's been over five years now. And um, wow. I just brought that, yeah, it's been up and running for a while. Um, and I brought that like journalist's interest and edge to it where, you know, yeah. it's not just one necessarily like vertical of information. There's a lot of yeah, news-based right. and issues-based topics too, because I think it's important for people to remain engaged in the world around them. For me, that was I a need that I had, right? I didn't want to live in a bubble after I became a mom. I wanted to engage with what's happening in the world in a way that sort of respected my schedule and time. And so it was just kind of like a natural extension. And it allowed me, like I said, access to some amazing brains that I kept in contact with after working in news for so long. And I thought, how cool would it be to share all this with people beyond just my local market? And so I started and I just never stopped.
0: Well, it's so cool. And I, yeah, that's what I absolutely love about podcasts in general for my, I can speak for my own personal, but I can say for you too, I'm sure is like you learn and you create so many different resources that you never would expect to find. I mean, I have been so lucky that people have reached out wanting to come on the podcast and share new insights and new information about things that they've learned, like in the mental health aspect from the, the, you know, pregnancy to postpartum to just general being a human, you know? And I think it's so great because you can help so many people in your life. And what a great resource to just be able to put it on, listen to it when you're in the car When you're on a walk, you know, walking the baby and you can learn so much and what a great thing that you have this voice that you can provide to people to share, share such great information. I think, I think it's so awesome. And you've been doing it for five years. I mean, it's not like this is some like new, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a podcast because yeah. I can't, you know what I mean? It's like, which <laughs> I think this is, is great you too, do. you know, but yeah, but this yeah. is what you do. You're a host, you know, so you yeah. know what,
1: what's, what's great. Yeah. And you know, a big passion of mine is keeping that news edge to it because as our world, I mean, it grows always, but kind of shrinks too because we have exposure and access to things that are happening around the world that we otherwise would have taken longer to get to us. I I think it's our duty to, it's, but even as moms remain informed, like it's more vital than ever to understand issues for voting purposes, for the purpose of showing up to a conversation more educated to like, it's, I, I want to be in this you know bubble and taking care of my kids, but I also want to be a citizen of the world a little bit. And yes. I, think, you know, and to you tell want to be people, a role
0: model to your to your kids and yeah, let them know you know, like, yeah. mom's a badass.
1: Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't forget it, you little you little assholes. Don't I'm forget just it.
0: Okay, um, don't forget it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and and you know, I I want to raise kids who are who are conscious of, of world affairs and things that are happening in our, like, it's, it's really important. A big worry that I personally have like OCD talking is that, um, you know, technology will allow our children's generation to remain in such a tight little leg vortex of be- yeah. their own beliefs and experience that it, it'll be more of an echo chamber. Like, rather yes. than a challenge. And I, I want them to be challenged. I think the biggest moments of growth for me personally and professionally have come when I've, when my belief system has been challenged and I was forced to defend it, or sometimes my opinions change and sometimes they don't, but the, the running theme is, is being exposed to other ways of thinking and living that keep you ultimately a little more rooted, right. in who you are or more activated to go and make the oh, change. Oh, absolutely. You know. And also being
0: open to change. I mean, right that's the thing is like you never know who you're gonna meet, what walk of life they're from. You know, they could be from the other side of the world and and you wanna be open to their, you know, ideas or how you know, I, I think that the perfect thing for me was like we said, how judgy people were during the pregnancy and motherhood. You know, I chose to have natural birth. Um, I, I did end up having epidural last minute, but, but I had done the hypnobirthing. I was like, I'm going to do it my own way. You know, I didn't want anything scheduled. I didn't want them to induce me. I was like, I want to go, you know, as long as I can. And I was very woo-woo like that, right? Like I didn't want certain things. And I remember being very, felt very um, judged from a lot of people because I chose to get off my bipolar medication. Um, and I talked about it in a People magazine ad and people not People Magazine, but People of the World. Right. Um, <laughs> trolls decided to write in and tell me why I was a terrible mother for Ugh. getting off my medication and all this stuff, and you know it, it's it's interesting because it's like I learned then, you know, that people will constantly be judging you for the the choices that you make as a mother, and. Why would I want to be the person that judges someone else for the way that they raise? I may not understand why you sleep train your kid and I may not, but I I don't need to understand it because it's not for me. It's for you. And if it works for you, go for it. I don't care. You know what I mean? I want you to have the best life as a mom and as in your baby and whatever brings you guys joy and comfort and happiness more power to you. Like, I'm not judging you for that. It's just, it doesn't work for me. Um, And I think that that's how I want to raise my daughter. Like you're saying of like, this may not work for you and this may not be great, but it's just the way that, that it is. I mean, I got in a big fight with my family recently over, over the holiday holiday, you know, dinner where I stood up from a dinner from a family member. And I was like, I'm done. Like I'm walking away from this conversation because it was so judgmental of, of this is how you should be doing this with your kids. And I stood up for the other moms in, in, in the, in the table. Cause I was like, I'm not, don't, you never tell a woman what they should and shouldn't do ever, you know, with their baby, you know, no one told you how to raise your kids. Don't tell them how to raise theirs. Period, and I think that that's something that we should all teach our children: is let them have their own opinions, let them experience so many different things, where they pick all different things all over from all over the world. Um, Now I'm just babbling, but you know what I mean. Like, let them have a choice. Let them have a choice. Yeah, and we
1: do live fortunately in an age where that information is accessible and like it's easy to connect with people who you would never have otherwise been exposed to. And yeah. and like I say, you know, and, and I say this on my podcast too because I cover I cover some issues that are that are very contra- probably the most controversial issues in the world I've covered. I mean, if you can name it Second Amendment abortion rights, Israel and Palestine, I, I mean like everything. But also to be fair,
0: that is your, that is your job. You are a news woman. That is what you, that's what you do. That is what it is. And I'm not, you know, I, I, I,
1: what I'm looking to is bring people into a conversation where they can just hear. And I always say, I'm not trying to change your mind. If you change your mind, that's your prerogative. If you don't, but I'm trying to have conversations that spur me on personally too. And, you know, again, just because it's so interesting too, because in this day and age, you really can get flack for platforming. I hate that word. Platforming to me is, is a really dangerous word, unless you're Mm -hmm. literally giving airtime to someone. I don't know. That's, that's, murdering a horrendous
0: person. person
1: yeah i mean and let's be honest people love those interviews from death row too so don't act better if you're going to get on people about platforming people like we have listen. a weird obsession in this country with crime like let's not then don't ever listen to an interview with scott peterson if you hate when people are platformed Platformed. yeah but yeah. you know i i think you know i i hosted a really engaging conversation with a second amendment advocate and this is a man who believes and very eloquently spoke to his beliefs on why we should have access to high powered rifles with, with what I don't even know what the word is, but um, like lots of ammo. I mean, like, and, and did I walk away like, oh, I'm going to buy an AK 47 or no, whatever. An oh, no, but I did <laughs> learn that uh, it, I, I can actually, there were actually a lot of points of agreement and matching up. And I never understood why someone could believe that. And he explained to me, very politely and patiently. Well, this is my belief. And my belief is, you know, that it all stems from our rights to exist. And if we erode this belief that, or, or this right, then blah, blah. you know, again, did I walk away like, huh? Sure. But to me, it was important because if I'm a person who believes something, I'm going to stay in my echo chamber because it makes me feel safe. My mm-hmm. job as a host and as a human is to kind of pull people into some of these things and say, sure. okay, you may right. not agree and that's fine, but like, let's sure. just talk,
0: let's just hear, let's just talk it through And it's been really challenging, but I I think it's so important to have complicated conversations. If I didn't have complicated conversations, I I wouldn't be here today, you know, thriving with a mental illness, you know, I I feel like that's, those are things that, that we have to, we have to do, you know, and yeah, the, the whole platform thing, I mean, our society is obsessed with, you know, I mean. You look at who the top cameos are. You know, I always say that, you know. Um, Yes. And you're just like, but you don't want to give these people platforms. Then why are you buying cameos from them? Because you think it's funny? Like, okay. You know, so you, you, there's, the world is, is a a whole disaster of its own. Like when it comes to that. And, you know. But exactly. I get what you're saying. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I think people are entitled. They can be angry that I put on a, a gun rights advocate. That's fine. Be angry. I, that's fine. What's important for me is more conversations, breaking echo chambers, like getting through to other ways of, of thinking. And, and I understand that not, I, it doesn't change my mind all the time, but I am a more educated person. Now I know even more why I believe what I believe, because I have a counterpoint that I've had. It's like when you do debate class. That's why like, this is like a required course for a lot of high school. I was on the debate team. Exactly. (laughs) I can tell you can know exactly, you know how to formulate a discussion, but yeah, I mean, it's very dangerous to live in an echo chamber. It's very dangerous to be affirmed. It's like the child, it's like Veruca Salt, right? Like the child who has been spoiled when you're, when you're fed things that affirm your beliefs or affirm you constantly, you have no no growth. You've never been forced to defend yourself. So it's an 100%. exercise for me as an individual too, doing some of these episodes. Cause I'm like, I'm a human. I believe very strongly a lot of things, but I,
0: you know, it's, it's interesting to me to get out of that. So You learn a lot, you learn a yes. lot. And maybe, maybe what it does is it validates your feelings of like, you know what, like yep. I'm not going to go and do this. Like I do right. not believe in this. And I'm glad that I had someone on there, but I think right. it's important to have a voice to hear other opinions, other things. That's why I I feel like at at holiday dinners, you know, people get so stressed about it and they're like, Oh, we just keep quiet. It's like, no, you should be open to conversation, but you shouldn't judge. You should just, everyone's allowed to be their own person. Like they're Mm -hmm. allowed, that's their life. And maybe you can change someone if you have information and stuff and you have facts, but, but it's not your job to Mm necessarily, well, maybe it is your job to change, but, but, you don't, that's not the hundred percent goal at that moment, you know? Right. I, and, and,
1: you know, I, I say this too, I think there's like activators and activists in the world. And I think there are mediators and edgy. I'm more of a mediator. I'm a Libra. I'm, I'm a understand both sides. I respect that there are people whose entire lives are dedicated to activism. We wouldn't be where we are with progress of, yes. of, of, of rights and, 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 democracy were there not activists and, and, and go-getters in the world. But I know who I am as a person and, and sure, maybe I'll feel strongly enough about something someday to be that. But right now, my calling is understanding. My calling is bringing people together in conversation, not to change minds, but to understand. That's my calling. Someone else's calling might be different. And I think like, I recognize that now, you know? And yes, uh, again, if I ever feel strongly enough, I speak up on things. I know how to defend a belief that I have. But right now it's important for me to just keep talking and understanding things and passing that right back out into the universe.
0: Oh, I love I, I I love all of this conversation. I think this is so great. I'm so excited to go on your podcast now and and have okay. a another conversation. Um, well, Sunny, I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone. Um, what is your emotional support?
1: My mom is my my husband, oh. both of them. Um, my mom because I can repeat the same thing to her again, OCD brain, 45 times in a conversation, and she will answer it every time bless yeah. her. I used to go to bed as a child and I was like, but what, what about this? And, and what about this? And what if it? she was just, she would just talk me through oh, it. So I love her that. again, mothers, you don't know the work yeah. they put it until you become one. And my husband who is, to, I mean, he is the yin to my yang and um, yeah. he brings a, such a needed sense of levity and humor to our lives. And I'm so oh. serious and in the weeds about stuff. And he's really lifts me and teaches me to to laugh. And I'm just so grateful for him. I really lean on my people. So
0: yeah, I try to be
1: good to them. Well,
0: you're Italian. So I totally get that. I'm Italian. So I get that. We run hot. I'm a Gemini. So that's why I love, I love Libra. So I'm so excited that you're a Libra. So it all makes sense. You know, I can't wait Um, to have you on my, on my show. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so much fun. Tell everyone how can they find you? Yeah. So it's my podcast is called we got to talk
1: um we got a talk.com I blog quite a bit there where I pull some nuggets from guests and share them in posts and then on instagram at sunny abatta which is spelled s-o-n-n-i-a-b-a-t-t-a and yeah that's yeah. it new episodes every week yay thank you so 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 much for this thank you thank you Alessandra this was an honor thank you very much